From the wheat fields of the Thumb to the cherry trees on the Third Coast, Michigan grows more than 300 different foods and products that we all enjoy every day. We're on a mission to find every local restaurant, manufacturer, and food company sourcing their ingredients right here in the mitten. And in the process, bridge the gap between the farm and your fork. We want to introduce you to all things Michigan agriculture and food. This is Michigan AF. I am joined today by John Moore, who is the owner and founder of Foster's Coffee Company. Thank you so much for joining me, John. Thanks for having me. Foster's is a Michigan-based coffee company with three locations in Owasso, Flint, and East Lansing. Can you tell us how and why you got started in craft coffee? Absolutely. So uh, me and my business partner uh, were in a band a long time ago. Um, We traveled the country uh, together and we saw a lot of uh, the states. We saw a lot of really cool coffee shops um, and a lot of other communities. Um, For some people, traveling is a way for them to um, kind of see what what it is they want to go do and, and leave their hometowns. For me, it kind of did the opposite. It cemented um, the idea that I wanted to live where I live now, which is in Owasso, Michigan. Uh, I love, love seeing all those places, but um, the reason I'm bringing that up is because the coffee aspect comes into play uh, when we were out visiting all these places and seeing all these wonderful coffee shops and communities. We started asking ourselves, why can't our community have something like this? Um, and uh, so kind of fast forward a little bit, coffee uh, was a job so I could be in the band and then it turned into a passion and a hobby. Um, and uh, Nicholas uh, went to school for uh, business and he did uh, had a job in marketing. Uh, so we started talking with one another, came up with the concept of foster. Um, and the idea behind the name is to foster a community through coffee. So it's a verb. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of how that was all birthed. That's the very short version. I could give you a lot of details. <laughs> You're welcome to give as many details as you want. So I know that you started the business at a local farmer's market, right? Can you share with us then what inspired you really to take it to the next level and then open the additional locations? Yeah. So first off, I cannot brag about farmer's markets enough. I think anyone who's testing a concept for a business, it is such a great place to um, not only like start and, and advertise your business, but to continue to advertise and to reach out to your customer base. So, um, yeah, so we uh, were trying to get financing for our first location um, since we were, you know, two young guys had never been in the coffee industry as far as owners before. A lot of banks were literally to uh, lend us anything. So we started our business on our credit cards, um, went to the farmer's market, started serving coffee. And at the same time, we, we kept talking to people, kept reaching out, kept trying to raise funds for our first cafe. So, uh, yeah, so the farmer's market helped us not only connect with people, but began to build a fan base and a customer base um, and test our product to see if it worked and to see if um, there was a demand for it. Um, and then from there, uh, we so originally we had always had the plan of opening a location. Um, from there, we um, got some financing and made our first location in Owasso work. Awesome. And then how long after that did you expand to Flint and then to East Lansing? Yeah, so we, um, when we, when we opened Owasso, um, I think 
<laughs> maybe me personally, I thought we were going to have one store and one location and, and roast coffee in the future. And then that would be it. But my business partners were really motivated to open more um, locations. And uh, I finally understood the advantage to doing that. So we opened up uh, Flint in 2017. So that was about two years later. Uh, and then we opened East Lansing in 2019. And then um, simultaneously while opening Flint in 2017 is when we began roasting our own coffee. Wow. Can you kind of talk a little bit about the process of roasting your own coffee? Because I bet a lot of people don't really know about that. Absolutely. So I'm actually sitting in a roastery now. Um, And today is one of the few days where we don't have a typically scheduled roast day. So it's nice and quiet down here. But um, pretty much what we do is we get what we call green coffee um, or unroasted coffee from uh, the origin. So uh, right now, all of our coffee comes from uh, mainly Africa and South America and Central America. Um, so countries close to the equator with a proper elevation. Um, once we get those uh, coffee beans in, uh, we fire up our roaster, which pretty much looks like a really small cement mixer. It's got like a sideways drum barrel that, that turns. It's got um, heating elements. Um, and uh, we, we roast the beans. So we, we measure them out. Um, we we ro- roast them following a recipe that we've developed. We have temperature probes inside the roaster to uh, measure the ambient environmental temperature and uh, the bean temperature. Uh, and then once we, once we follow a recipe, we get to a point where we, we feel like the roast is good to go. We'll drop it out of the roaster and cool it down and start packaging it. That's really cool. It sounds really scientific. How did you learn how to roast coffee? Yeah, I've, a lot of roasters, uh, that I look up to, um, have always said that roasting is a, a mixture of art and science and I couldn't agree more. So there's some science behind it as far as what's happening in the roaster. So Maillard reactions, caramelization of starches and sugars, et cetera. But there's an art to um, manipulating those things and trying to um, get the tasting notes and profiles out of the beans that you're looking for. Um, there's, a, uh, again, a roaster that I really look up to that's been roasting for a long time. And he said, roasting is the window to the coffee soul. It's a very poetic way of saying that the coffee within it contains flavor notes um, that by roasting you can kind of bring out, but you can't necessarily force flavors into a bean. For example, if I have a coffee, let's say from Ethiopia, and it has some very like jasmine tea-like notes, um, and I really want this really strong, let's say, you know, strawberry flavor that's just not there, I can't force it into the bean by roasting it. I can only amplify or magnify or expose the flavor notes that are already inherited to the bean. Wow, that's really cool. So you mentioned that the name Foster is to foster community through coffee, and I know that that's the vision of the company. Can you tell us what you mean by that? Absolutely. So uh, kind of rewinding back to my first uh, story of uh, being in the band with Nicholas, um, when we were driving around the country and visiting all these locations and places where we were playing concerts, we started to realize that we looked forward to seeing people um, more than we did the actual concert itself. Like, um, of course, we enjoyed performing, enjoyed all of the aspects of that, but we really were excited about seeing people that we knew or just fans that were excited to see us. Um, so we kind of came up with that concept at that time, just realizing that there are so many things in each one of our lives, even yours where our lives and our decisions and our jobs and careers tend to be a vehicle for something bigger and something greater. Um, so when we were 
coming up with the coffee shop, we, we didn't want it to be just serving coffee. We thought, okay, we're serving coffee. We're going to serve great coffee, but what, what's it going to be a vehicle for? Cause we knew it was going to be something. So for us, it was just um, community. Uh, and, and what we mean by that is being a positive contributor. So not necessarily um, always being a leader in the community or always being the one in the front or always being the ones on the headlines, but being just a positive contributor. Um, we found that a lot of other people in our community are doing really great things. So sometimes we're just a very small part of the story and we're happy to do that. Sometimes we're the ones starting and leading events and we're happy to do that. Um, and then one last thing I'll say is um, to our purchasing habits. Um, that's something that we found that a lot of people wouldn't link, link that to fostering or spreading community. But um, it's, it's amazing how when we, when we really started to look at our purchasing habits, how just making one or two decisions injected, you know, with one, one example is we were using an online store um, for a lot of our like disposables um, and we switched over to a local company. So right there, we just took tens of thousands of dollars and injected it into not only our state, but into our, our city, which is really cool. That's really cool. So you talk about being uh, a contributor and then you kind of hit on it at the end there about, you know, focusing on keeping your funds local. I know that you source a lot of your ingredients locally too, specifically your milk, which comes from Mooville Farm and Creamery. Why is sourcing locally so important to your business? Yeah, so um, it kind of does go hand in hand with what I said um, about like making the decision of, of you know, just putting our money um, into the community. But also uh, there are a lot of really talented people and really, really great products around us locally. So why not use them? You know, why not brag about them? Like we are so blessed to have a place like Moveville. Um, their milk tastes incredible. Um, their price is great. They're great people to work with. And then on top of that, you know, they're an hour and a half away. Like it, it's really cool. So um, yeah, so some ingredients, obviously like the coffee, um, we can't source, you know, from Michigan or even the U.S. Uh, with the exception of Hawaii, maybe. But, um, but yeah, so where possible, we try to do that, um, not just the impact financially, but also sharing the story of other people. That's awesome. Can you talk us specifically about how your relationship with Moville got started? Absolutely. So I became a fan of Moville by having their milk in um, uh, beverages from another coffee shop. So that's when I first heard about them. Um, and then my motorcycle <laughs> at the time um, was a really niche brand um, that wasn't serviced in a lot of places. So uh, there's a little town near Nashville, Michigan called Hastings that serviced my brand of motorcycle. So I would pass by the Mooville uh, Creamery all the time. So every time I needed to get something done to my motorcycle, I made sure to stop there. Um, and that was way before uh, we even started Foster. So um, I was a fan of them before we started the company. Awesome. My house, full disclosure, is 10 minutes from that Mooville. And so cool. it's during the summer, especially, it is a, uh, a staple at our house to, to go to yeah. Mooville in the evening. And in fact, my in-laws just moved to Hastings. And so right. I'm pretty sure that that's going to be our halfway meeting point there you go. Yeah. <laughs> all the time because it's amazing. Um so talk to us a little bit about what are some of the other ingredients or uh, businesses that you're working with locally that you use? Oh, goodness. Um, so like we've, we've been really, again, fortunate that each of our locations have like local printers. So I know this isn't necessarily farming, but it's really cool to like when we need to print off things, um, 
instead of, you know, shipping out to a third party that's going to mail it back, we have to go drive, you know, to another city to, to get something printed. We work with a couple really great printers, um, uh, mainly American Speedy Print in Owasso and Flint Prints in uh, Flint. Um, uh, as far as um, some of our, some of our uh, ingredients to our syrups, um, we, we use fruit that some of it's bought from a store, some of it's bought from the farmer's market, kind of depending on the season and what it is. Um, and, uh, we, we have a smoothie where we, um, have actually spinach in it. It's like a, it's like a blend of, of fruits and, and spinach. It's a green smoothie. It's really good. And we partnered with a, uh, like a farm co-op in Flint. And that was really, really cool. Cause it was like a downtown, uh, downtown urban farm that we had partnered with. And that was really great. Um, I mean, I, just without listing, <laughs> listing a bunch of, of people, um, I would say another really cool one uh, that we do isn't necessarily on the ingredient side, but our espresso, we, we have buckets and buckets of used espresso. After we pull a shot of espresso, we're left with, with what's called a puck of espresso. So we take those and we put them in big buckets. And we have a gentleman that come, uh, he comes and uh, grabs those. And what he'll do is he'll dry that out um, and collect it. And he grows a crop called Miscanthus gigantus. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but it's a, um, it's, it's kind of in the bamboo family from what I understand. Um, some hunters use it to kind of do like landscape, um, like directing deer in certain directions. It's very thick. So it's hard for deer to go through. So you can essentially create a wall with it. Um, and then some people use it uh, for a lot of other reasons, but regardless, the reason that I bring that up is you can you can harvest the crop and not kill it so it's it's a renewable crop um and what you can do is you can grind it up and you can burn it in bricks um for a heat source and it burns very efficiently but the smell is a little offensive as far as like really grassy so what he's doing is taking our espresso mixing it with the ground miscanthus gigantis um packing it into bricks so it has a more pleasant smell when it's burned oh wow that's really yeah. cool and that's uh, Maple River Maple River Farms. Maple River Farms. That's very innovative. That's cool. Yes. Uh, so I know that you have launched some new drinks for summer. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about those? Yeah. Um, so we do what we what we call like seasonal or specialty drinks. Um, normally correlates with the four seasons. Um, sometimes we'll sprinkle them in um, at other times, but uh, our summer menu tends to be really big because we love using fruit in the summer. So right now we have a strawberry syrup we're using in multiple drinks, uh, mainly uh, strawberry matcha, which is a ground green tea um, that we, we make a drink out of, um, a strawberry vanilla latte, which is really tasty. That would be espresso, the strawberry and vanilla syrups we make in-house with real strawberries um, and, uh, and then milk. And uh, let's see what else. We have a, a lemicano. Um, that's where we take uh, lemons, we slice them, we make a syrup out of the fresh sliced lemons and uh, make an Americano. So it's this lemon syrup, uh, the uh, espresso, ice and water. It's really tasty. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? We just did an almond vanilla syrup as well. Um, and uh, our annual raspberry syrup. So lots of lots of syrups that we, we make. And our thing was like, when we started our coffee shop, I guess I'll make this little point, is we um, didn't wanna just throw a bunch of flavors in there just for the sake of it. We said like we're gonna we're gonna serve craft coffee, specialty coffee. What that means is out of a 100 point scale, it's at least an 80 and above. So we wanted to serve really great coffee. We, we didn't want to just cover it up with a bunch of um, store bought syrups. Not knocking that. That's just not what we wanted to do. So what we decided to do is make all of our own syrups using the highest uh, ingredient or quality ingredients that we could. 
That's awesome. That's really cool. So it's not just that you're roasting the coffee. You're also making the syrups uh, from scratch as well. That's so cool. Uh, Is there anything else that you wanted to share with us or anything that you wanted to plug today for this summer? Uh, just that our, our with with everything happening with the pandemic, we're we're open now. It's really cool. I'm so happy to have tables out and have our barriers down and um, things like that. So um, if people still want to kind of wait things out and be a little careful, we have multiple options as far as curbside service, um, you know, uh, ordering online. So that that'd be the only other thing. Is just come see us. Um, buy our coffee online. We roast coffee. We can ship it. We can deliver it. Um, or you can of course pick up a bag in any of our cafes. Awesome. And where can our listeners find more information about Foster's Coffee Company? Yeah, so you can Google Foster. Um, that'll lead you to our website, uh, which is fostercoffee.co, not .com. Um, and you can also search us on all social media platforms. So Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and learn about Foster's Coffee Company. I'm definitely going to go and check it out very soon. Uh, Probably the East East Lansing location will be closest to me. Um, But we really just appreciate you joining the Michigan Grow Michigan Great podcast and talking to us about how you support Michigan's farmers and everything that you're doing to really contribute to your community. Thank you so much. Thank you. When you visit, let me know. Your first drink's on me. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) The Michigan AF Podcast is a project of the Michigan Ag Council and the Michigan Grown, Michigan Great campaign. We are a coalition of farmers and agribusinesses committed to providing the best possible foods and products for our neighbors, communities, and the state we all love. To hear more podcasts and to learn about Michigan's agriculture-diverse sector, visit michigangrown.org. (laughs) 